Hello, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Powerless Podcast. Um, thanks for listening, whether it's the first episode you've listened to or you've listened to a couple of the other ones in the past, whether it's with the musicians I've talked to or uh, the few kind of political commentators or community organizers I've spoken to. I appreciate you listening. So I talk to musicians, songwriters, producers, etc., as well as, like I said, people in the social political sphere. Uh, this episode, I talked to Kelsey Montanez, who is a singer-songwriter out of the Chicago area. Um, very talented uh, when it comes to writing, um, to to the music she's put out, and and very talented live as well. I've had the opportunity to play just a few shows um, with Kelsey as as her kind of interim bass player right before the pandemic hit. Uh, so I kind of got to see that firsthand and how good she is live. So I do do encourage you if you ever get the chance to go go check her out in in the Chicago area if she plays elsewhere in the future. Um, but we we talk about her kind of trajectory from her start in music at an early age to when she got signed after, you know, putting out her first EP and kind of working with Chance the Rapper on a song um, to kind of, you know, deciding to be an independent artist, falling away from music for a while, coming back and how in some ways COVID and lockdowns and the kind of really cool job that we get into that she had um, involving being kind of a music resident uh, during during the pandemic times uh, kind of reinvigorated her passion for music. So we talk about all of that. We talk about the, the issues sometimes that, that face um, up-and-coming musicians or, or um, unfortunately, especially female musicians and in the world and the expectations and pressures that are thrown on on them um, in that kind of vein of, of pop music or, or, or being signed to a record label. Um, we talk about the new song she put out, Sold My Soul, which kind of t- ties in that whole story, and it's a song she wrote years ago, so we get into all that and the lyrical content of that. We talk... Um, we talk about her upcoming shows that she'll be playing with her live band, um, two of which, and uh, two of the people in her in her band, I'm I'm pretty good friends with Matt and Mike, so shout out to them. I think the shows would be really good. The first one is this upcoming Saturday on January 21st at Reggie's in Chicago. So if you're in the Illinois area and you hear this, make sure to check that out. They're also playing the Cubby Bear coming up pretty soon. I think they said late February or early March. They said St. Patty's St. Patty's weekend, I think. They're playing at the Cubby Bear, so that should be a good time as well in, in Wrigleyville in Chicago. So just make sure to check those things out if you, uh, if you have a chance, or if you're not from the area, at least check out Kelsey's new song, um, Sold My Soul, which is absolutely fantastic. We dive into that one and, and a lot more. So, so again, I appreciate you guys listening. If you want to find out where that show is or details on it, as well as where to find Kelsey, um, you can just look her up at Kelsey Montanez underscore on Instagram, um, and uh, you can find all of... Uh, her last three singles she's put out over the past year on Spotify, Apple Music, etc. Um, and if you want to contact me or reach me, make sure to follow um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Powerless Pod. You can also find this podcast on any other streaming platform, but obviously if you're listening to it, you already know where that's at. Um, and you can reach me at um, through email at thepowerlesspod at gmail.com if you want to be on the show or you have critiques or just want to tell me what you like about the show what you didn't like about the show i'm always here for for some constructive criticism as as this is very early on i still have no idea what the hell i'm doing um but again i appreciate you listening and without further ado here is kelsey montanez singer and songwriter of the chicago area on the powerless podcast Thanks, Kelsey, for coming on for the Powerless Podcast. How are you? Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. I've been excited to have you have you on for a couple different reasons. One, you know, obviously since we, you know, it's been a pandemic since we've seen each other, but I got to play a little bit with you guys, yeah. and I, the shows were always really fun, and the practices were, were 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 great. And you know, you're obviously a very talented singer songwriter and live musician and everything else. And I just think you have a cool story when it comes to music. So I think like that's always something interesting for people to hear kind of your, um, you know, like your, your start, you know, all the way back, you know, I guess it's a, from what I was reading today and the other day when I was getting some notes together a decade ago, right. Really when Mm -hmm. things started kind of going off, which is crazy, you know, um, is when I think about it, I'm like, oh my god, a decade has passed. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, right. Like that's that's <laughs> wild. It just shows, I guess, how 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 old we are, right? No, I'm just kidding. But mm-hmm. um, 
No. Uh, uh, so, uh, so I figured we would talk today a bit. Obviously, you just put out a new song. Um, I sold my soul, which I, I had heard before. Obviously, we had played that a little bit um, mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, but I, I loved hearing the recording of it. It sounds sounds really great. So we can get into that a little bit. Some of the other, uh, I know you've put out at least two singles prior to that on Spotify, right? And kind of go, you mm-hmm. know, kind of go from there to kind of what's been inspiring you, you know, the last decade or so with music, your, your start with, with, I know there was like a record label and some, some, some craziness there involved. Um, but I thought we would start with, with the new song you put out. So, um, for anyone that hasn't checked this out before, Kelsey Montanez is a, is a singer songwriter out of Chicago. Um, really, really talented, uh, uh, lyricist and, and songwriter and live performer. Um, and the last year you've put out the first songs you've put out in, in about a decade, right? Is that, is that, is that the case? Yeah. Um, officially, officially, right. I mean, I've been writing for years, but yeah, it's been officially putting music out. It's been quite a while. Yeah. So, and I think this song, uh, you know, at least from, from what I can tell from the lyrics and kind of knowing your story a little bit, it kind of coincides with, um, a bit of, a bit of your first kind of journey with with music and kind of getting found from your first ep you put out in 2013 and all that so um kind of for for anybody that hasn't heard it or doesn't know much about you can you kind of tell uh people what what the song's a bit about and kind of the story there yeah so it's called i sold my soul um i was still in high school when i wrote it but it was kind of like I mean, I've been doing music for a long, like since I was like a child, you know, (laughs) my dad was a musician. And so he kind of like showed me the ropes at a very early age. And right when I like started kind of involving myself in the the music scene in high school, um, it was like I was already bombarded with like so much toxic messaging from the music industry. just about like, like, you know, like you think about it, I'm, I'm. I'm in high school and I was being told constantly that, you know, just like that I had to change my sound. I had to write different styles of music. I had to lose weight. I had to wear more makeup and wear tighter clothes. And like, um, it was just kind of like culture shock. Like, you know, like I was just, just trying to write some songs and play with my band. And so, um, that kind of idea is how I sold my soul was born. Um, and honestly, you know, sadly, like I still can relate. I do think it's gotten a lot better, but I've always just felt like that song meant a lot to me. And I, I still feel like it resonates even as an adult. So I decided to um, record it and put it on the album. I felt like it had to be on the album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I think that does speak a lot to um, what you're saying, that it is unfortunately a little bit of a timeless song with how with how music industry can be, obviously, for for anybody, but let alone, you know, um, let alone a young up and coming female artist that gets signed. I mean that, you know, you you like to think that that's kind of like movie-fied when they kind of say those things and just how, how crazy the industry can be, but it's absolutely real, you know, um, for across genres, across, you know, major record or even some indie record label scenes, especially back then, but even now. So, um, no, I mean, it's, it makes a lot of sense to, to put it out on the album. I also like to hear that there is an album coming, so that's cool. Um, so what has, uh, have you, have you, I know the song, ju- it just came out last week, right? Um, how's the reception been mm-hmm. for it? I, I noticed it already, you know, within less than a week, it was like 1200, 1300 plays, I think on Spotify alone, which is really cool for, you know, for, putting out, um, for putting out a single, you know, right in, at the beginning of the year. So what's the reception been like for it? I've been very pleasantly surprised. It's been pretty incredible. Um, there's been so many blogs that have picked it up and wrote about it and so many people sharing it and commenting. Like it's, it's kind of overwhelming, you know, like I'm, I mean, you know, the, the first two songs, um, we're good. The reception was good as well, but I feel like this one kind of like tipped it over the edge and I'm just, I'm noticing so much more. Um, I don't know if it's just that it resonates with people, but like people just really feel connected to it. And it's, it's pretty incredible just how much it's circulating yeah. around so fast, you know, it's not even a week old and I feel like it's really like made its rounds and it's, it's pretty awesome to watch. And I'm, 
I'm super grateful. Well, that's, that's great to hear. Cause again, it, it helps that it's got a hell of a melody and a hook to it. And it's actually like good lyrically, right? Like those are, those are two things that sometimes in music, some people have to go either or, but it's nice that it's kind of got a really good message and it's, you know, if no one's paying attention to the lyrics, you're still going to want to save it and re-listen to it. So that's, that's a great thing. Um, to kind of, to kind of transition from that, you already mentioned it a bit, especially with the, the, um, you know, content of the, uh, of the song, but to go back with you a little bit, you know, we mentioned it a little bit earlier and you mentioned, you know, your dad's a musician, music, you know, music's been in your life pretty much your, your whole life. When did, um, playing music for you kind of start, you know, what were some, whether it was like a rock band or a pop singer, you know, like even for me, somebody that plays like metal a lot, like one of my first big, you know, um, musicians or groups that got me into music was like boy bands and stuff. Right. So like it, you never know, but, uh, what, what first got you really inspired with music and, um, what kind of, you what kind of got you first, uh, writing your own songs? I have my dad to thank for that. Um, since I was really little, I mean, he was always in bands and writing music and he, when I was really young, kind of started collecting like recording, you know, equipment and, um, one of the things that we would bond over is like, you know, he would pick me up for the weekends. My parents were divorced and I'd go over there and he would just like sit, like bust out the guitar and start like, you know, strumming different chords. And he'd be like, just sing something like anything that comes to your mind, you know? And I was like, you know, I would just, whatever a six-year-old is thinking <laughs> right. about. And then, um, it kind of evolved into like him recording those ideas. And so I always like grew up with this, like, you know, just writing and recording music. And then it got to the point, like, you know, high school age, I started really taking writing serious. Um, I was writing songs before that, like even in middle school, um, it started off with my dad. Like sometimes he would come up with these little like keyboard riffs or whatever and record it and be like, here, I wrote, you know, this, I have this little demo song. You want to write some lyrics to it? And I would, I would like you know, throughout the week, go home from school and like sit and listen to it and write lyrics down in my little notebook. And then the weekend would come and we'd start recording. And so it was just like routine for me mm -hmm. um, growing up. of just like creating, expressing, writing. And then when I got older, I really started to take it more seriously. And it became such an important outlet for right. me. Um, and then I just, I just got immersed in like music and music culture and like, you know, just, I don't know. It just, it's the love of my life. I fell in love with it. But to what you were saying, I was absolutely like, I wasn't so much the boy <laughs> bands, but I was all about the Spice yeah. Girls, Mandy Moore, Britney Spears, like Christina Aguilera, like all that. <laughs> it was like, I grew up on that for well, sure. Well, and like, you know, not, not, not bagging on the boy bands. Cause of course there are some good singers in, in those groups. I'm sure, you know, well, we know that from some of the ones that went on with solar careers and stuff, but a lot of those, you know, a lot, you know, to, to go back a little bit on what you're talking about with your new single, like a lot of those singers, not saying that they wouldn't have made the songs they made regardless or anything else, but like they were, you know, fantastic vocalists too. So, you know, you say Christina Aguilera as an example, like, I mean, the, the, the voice that she has is like, you know, absolutely incredible and everything else. So, so, you know, even, even big pop stars aside, you know, there's something to be said of just being drawn to like, oh, you know, singing to Christina Aguilera. <laughs> yeah. Like I had this little bookshelf and I would clear out like the books because like the sound would bounce back and I thought it sounded better. And I would just like sit there and like sing Christina Aguilera. Right. Especially <laughs> into even show. like, you know, you'd see her, you'd see her when she first was early on, you know, you literally do this. Like that's what every little kid was yes. doing when they were listening to it. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah. That's, that's so, so yeah. So you get into, you get into pop music, you've been, you've been, you know, writing songs off and on from middle school, getting a little more serious in high school. Um, what happened between, you know, kind of getting more serious with it in high school, maybe playing shows or, you know, playing in a band or whatever, and kind of that first EP coming out, like what, what were you working? I know you, I, uh, who were you working with or like, what was kind of the growth period there in that regard? Yeah. So I was playing out a lot, um, basically like high school and then out of high school. Um, I, went on this like long road trip right out of high school instead of going to college. I was like, I'm going to like pack up my 94 Toyota Corolla and drive around the country and play music 
anywhere I can. Mm-hmm. And it, basically that's what I did, <laughs> which was when I look back was like probably really stupid. But, but awesome at the same uh, time, right? Yeah. It was, it was cool. Like I had no plan, no money. Um, I literally just, it was so naive and so ridiculous. And I'm so glad that like, I didn't die or like get kidnapped on that trip, but (laughs) I did, I drove around and I played in like dive bars everywhere. And then it got to the point where I was like, all right, I need to like come back and like, you know, figure out my next move. And, um, basically just like through friends and networking, like I, um, met up with, I started talking to this small label, um, and it kind of just, it was interesting because it, talking to the label, like, I've always been more of like a rocker, you know, like just like rock and roll, blues, like it's always just kind of been like where I naturally move towards when I write. Um, but this producer started kind of like giving me like demos of like more, it was like more R&B soul mm-hmm. um, kind of stuff. And I originally thought I would be writing for other artists, like just kind of, we were just like kind of feeling things Mm -hmm. out. And I thought the EP that I was going to do was going to be more like my Mm -hmm. stuff, but it kind of just like turned into this, you know, it just moved into a different direction. And then, um, chance the rapper was recording in the same studio that I was working in. And from what I was told, he heard like a demo that we were like recording and thought it sounded Mm -hmm. good and like wanted to hop on it. And so that's kind of how that happened. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then that, that EP, we released it. Um, I feel like, you know, I stand behind it. I think it was a solid EP, but it wasn't, I think I was still finding my voice back then. I was 19 at the time. And, um, you know, it's like, I just, I had still a lot to learn about the music industry. I still had a lot to learn about like who I am and, and like my, my own like musical voice and the style of music that I want to do. And I think now it's like this, the direction I'm moving in now is like a little bit more real and raw and like true to who I am and true to who I've, who I've always been. Like I, I love being versatile in all styles and genres of music, but I just, there's something like my heart just is just in rock and roll. Like just, I like like singing in that kind of like aggressive yeah. style. I like that. You know, and I, I also, you know, like to sing in a more like R and B sultry style as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this record because it's all like real instrumentation. Right. Um, we're kind of like, you know, taking it back to the old school. It's not a lot of like program sounds. It's, it's, you know, I'm bringing in like real like session musicians and I really wanted to have that kind of like raw organic feel. And I feel like this is something, even though I've always like played rock shows like this, it's something I've never actually done like in the studio. So it's super exciting for me. Yeah. I, I was going to say for, for the, the newest single, I sold my soul. I mean, it really, uh, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head that it feels not, and I mean this in a good way, like it feels old school sounding, you know what I mean? Like even some of the kind of lead guitar parts, you know, cause I noticed that cause I'm a guitar player and half a bassist, you know? So I, I, I was, I was listening to some of the interludes and like, it feels very like, you know, someone plugged it in and cranked it. Right. Which is clearly what you want to yeah. do. And it sounds great. You know, yeah. it still sounds high quality at the same time, which is great, you know, which, which is, which is a really cool thing to be able to go in a studio and kind of do it in that more natural feel, because like even a lot of rock bands now, you know, you bring up program sound and all that kind of stuff, even a lot of more modern rock bands, like there's a lot of programming, there's a lot of, um, MIDI, there's a lot of, you know, putting things to a grid or whatever else. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just like you said, like I'm for all sounds, like I do that music that I do or whatever, but like, it is so cool to just like hear somebody put out a song 2022, 2023 that like feels as like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like vintage, but new, you know what I mean? And like, that's, that's how that song feels like production wise. That's really cool. Um, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I'm like a big fan too, of like having, like being in the room when it's being recorded, like, you know, cause now it's like so easy. People can just track things on their computer and send you the track and, you know, and like, but there's, there's a certain magic I feel like happens when you're like in the room recording in a studio and like, you're, you're coming up with ideas and like, you know, it's like, yeah, this project is taking longer than I think, you know, is what's typical of like music that's being recorded today. But 
I feel like, you know, I don't mind that because I do feel like there is something organic that's happening because it is all that's not programmed stuff. It's not like tracked. It's like being recorded in the studio, like face to face. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I appreciate you saying that because yeah. that's like definitely what I'm trying to go for. Well, and, and it's, it's, a it's a cool thing to do like, um, purposefully too, because, you know, like you, you just mentioned, especially with the way music comes out now you know with streaming services and everything else and like i'm just saying this from from other artists i've talked to over the past couple of weeks when i started this um you know people feel like they have to constantly like bust out content and constantly like be present on the uh, you know online with every you know in, insert social media here you know kind of deal and and you know bands that have you know are, are road road warriors sometimes feel like they have to like you know, make a new video or put out songs. So, so, you know, like, um, assembly line, like, you know, and, and unfortunately that's, you know, that's where a lot of, I feel like, um, the more modern, like grid tracking, MIDI tracking programming, you know, all that kind of stuff can come from. And again, I, there's a way to do that. That's, that's awesome. And when people want to do that, that's cool. But when people feel forced to meet a timeline or, forced to just continue hit the ground running as opposed to doing what they want to do like that that just kind of sucks right so so it's it's definitely a cool thing that you get to do what you want to do with your with your recordings for sure that's awesome oh yeah i mean even just like i have no idea what i'm doing as far as like social media i don't know how tiktok works like you i feel both, like yeah. way, way <laughs> in the past when it comes to stuff like that and like sometimes i feel like the pressure of it but at the same time like I don't know. It's like, I'm just focused on making good music, making it the best that I possibly can right now. And like working within the means that I have. And, you know, it's, it's, it seems to be working. It seemed like, you know, it's, it's making its rounds. It's, I'm getting a lot of good like press on it. So, I mean, I don't know. It could just be like, I feel like eventually I do need to figure out how the internet works, but just just um, find somebody to do it for you. That's the, that's the real way to go. You know. No, that's probably what's going to have to happen because I'm like clueless. Like, I don't know how technology works. I'm shocked that I was able to get onto this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, it's just like, I think that's another thing that's like freeing right now is that I'm doing this completely independently, completely on my own. Like, so I don't have a label. I don't have like deadlines to meet. Like, I'm just doing this just because I, I love right, it and I want right. to. And so the pressure's kind of off. Like I'm able to make quality and focus on like, you know, making these songs the best that I can before releasing them. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like to, to, to go back to, to, you know, what you were just saying and what I was rambling on a little bit, like, you know, pe- people feel like with content creation and social media and the digital age of music now that now more than ever, right. That that like you have to constantly be there or people kind of forget about you because there is so much music and there's so much, so much going on and people's let's be honest, people's attention spans are like that of a squirrel, right? When it comes to stuff on online or, or checking out music or whatever else, whether it's Spotify or tick, you know, going to social media with TikTok or whatever, but like having good songs and being good live is still the best way to be a musician. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like, like you could be somebody that's, you know, on it when it comes to social media or somebody that's on it when it comes to putting out an EP a year or or whatever people sometimes do more than that. It blows my mind. But like, if you're not, you know, if you're not, if you're doing all that, but it's all kind of fabricated and you're just hustling and one, you're not enjoying yourself and you're burning yourself out before your first tour or like, you don't sound good live after all the music you've put out and the, the, the following you have, like it, it doesn't matter. So like at the end of the day, doing what you want to do with your music, doing it well and being great live, I think are still some of the best ways to be a musician, whether it's part, you know, whether it's a part-time gig or whether you want to make it your full-time career, like that's still a big, you know, the biggest piece of it, in my opinion, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about either, but like, I think that's the case, you know? I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned too, is it's so important to also pace yourself. Like, you don't, like you said, you don't want to burn yourself out too fast um, because a creative process, you really want to make sure that you have the longevity uh-huh. to keep creating, to keep performing. 
I've really had to like work on that. Like I never used to do vocal warm ups when I was younger. I would just get on stage and scream it out. And like, I, you know, I didn't take good care of myself. Like I wanted too much too fast. I would just, you know, I, and I think I worked with the wrong people and I got involved with the wrong things because I was just like, and I did, I burnt myself out so hard where I couldn't even make music for years. And now I'm realizing like, you know, you have to learn things in stages and go in stages. And, you know, it's like, and I, I feel like doing quality work at every level, like, even if you're not at the level that you ultimately foresee yourself being in, but, you know, staying grounded, taking care of yourself and putting quality time and effort into every stage of it, you know, the, the writing, the performing, the recording, you know, like everything needs your care and attention. If you want to just blast people with music nonstop and play countless shows without really like working out your live show. Like it's like in the long run, you're going to be putting out subpar work and you're going to be exhausted mm -hmm. and, and you're not going to have the creative engine to, to keep up with it, you know? So I'm realizing that like really pacing yourself is, is, you know, looking at the long game. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, to, to go back to the burnout thing a bit and, and everything you said there is spot on, in my opinion, you know, um, like if you, if you make it a job, if you just make it another job, then it's just another job, right? Like there's nothing worse than taking like a passion thing, whether it's visual art, and not to say there's not job aspects of it when it comes to a point, of course there always is. Right. But, but it, whether you're a great, you know, visual artist or a musician or, you know, whatever other form of, of passion project people can have, like if you wake up one day and you just like, don't want to do it because it's been too much work and you're not enjoying yourself. Like there's nothing worse than that to like find the thing that you loved, like has now become just like what it used to be when you worked a job that was shit or something. So, so yeah, I mean like uh, all that is, yeah. Oh yeah. Sucks. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure like, you know, whether it's, you know, a day-to-day -day job or people's music careers when they're just on the grind or like at a certain point where it just feels like such a, I don't know, like such a marathon that, you know, it's good to just pace yourself, do things correctly, mm -hmm. do things when you can. And when you're, you know, not, not to be this like child, but when you're feeling it right, like, like just, you know, that's, I think that's the best way to go. Cause like, again, clearly that's worked for you in the sense of like those, these last couple of singles you've put out, there's not, it's not like any of them have lost any passion or any, you know, edge to them. They're all very, very good. And so you know, if it takes this long, it takes this long and the, the product, the product is worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned an album, which is, which is cool to hear. Uh, how many, how, how, if you don't mind talking about this at all, um, since it's not out yet, you haven't like, you know, you haven't announced anything. Um, what's the process been like for that? Is it some of the songs that you've recorded or you've written in the past is a lot more of like newer ones that you maybe wrote when we were all sitting around <laughs> during COVID? Is it a mix of both? And, um, and what's kind of your, your, um, direction with that? Yeah, it, it, it is kind of a mix of both. It's still like, I'm so deep in the process that, and it's, I feel like it's changing all the mm -hmm. time and it's taking shape as I work on it. Like, I don't like, it's like, we're, you know, I have a handful of songs, um, demoed out and I'm, I'm just about to start on a batch of two more. Cool. Um, <clears throat> but it's, I don't know. It's like, I'm kind of just, it's all like instinct right now. Like I'm kind of just like, Whenever I feel like a song, I need to, I need to record it. I'm just kind of trusting my instinct yeah. on it. Like I felt like that with I Sold My Soul, which was one of the first, like only old ones. I really felt like, okay, you know what? I feel like I need to bring that one back out of the closet. Like it, it has drive. It's alive. Like people really like it at the live show. And because this is technically my first album, you know, it's kind of like I'm digging deep, like, okay. Cause I've been writing a lot and I'm like, I do have all this new material, but there's, there's a few songs I just don't want to forget about that. Like, I feel like just means so much to me. And I know through the years, like playing out live and stuff, like they really resonate with people. So I'm like, well, if I do a whole album of all new stuff. What are the chances that the second album, I'm going to go way back. Okay. Like I almost feel like I have to play catch up because I haven't released anything in so long. Uh -huh. So I'm kind of feeling it out as I go, but 
I think there's going to be a, just a couple old ones, and then most of it is is going to be new well, stuff. That's cool. Um, one, I mean, you know, just do a thirty track double record; it'll be fine, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have material. God, I have like thousands say, of songs. At least, at least from the time, you know, I. I for anyone with this, I, I played just a few shows with 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 Kelsey and her band um, right before COVID. You know, like a year or two before, just filling in on bass, and you had a you had a plethora of songs there that were you know I know most of them were 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 a bit older ones that you guys had played together. Mm-hmm. You know, in your your past kind of shows that you'd done together, um, those songs are all great. So at the end of the you know I thought they were all really solid. Still, you know, coming up on 2018, 2019, whenever that was, it feels like an eternity ago now, <laughs> right? But um, no. but uh. You know, the thing is, I, it's like you could save those songs too and put them, put a few of them on the second record, revamp them, whatever. There's no rules to this. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the hell you're doing, right? Um, but it's also really cool that you've been able to write so much lately and have so many new songs too. That's really cool. Um, did, did did a lot of that come from kind of the pandemic era of of our lives of being probably stuck in an apartment or a house and a guitar and just kind of sitting there riffing for a long time 2020 completely changed my life like i know a lot of people feel this way like i it, it was just like a reset for so many reasons i wasn't doing music before that like barely i was i wasn't writing um it was it was just a wild like So it was that it was, I think it was the isolation. Um, I, you know, was working a lot before that. I was just like, not, I was burning myself out all the time. I was in school and I honestly thought music was dead and gone. I thought my music days were over. Um, I missed it. I longed for it like every single day of my life. Like literally like, like the feeling of being heartbroken. Like I missed music and I, but I didn't think that it would come back because I wasn't, I just, I was in such a writer's block for so long that I just kind of got used to like the idea of like, all right, maybe this is like, isn't my path. But COVID hit, I started, I, you know, I was working in a restaurant um, and I, my restaurant had to close, obviously all restaurants closed. And I like suddenly had all this massive amounts of alone time. And I started just like writing little, you know, songs here and there. And then I started posting like out of boredom. I just started posting like little cover songs and stuff um, just on the internet. Like I didn't think anything of it, but then because I did that, it got into the hands of, so I did this music residency in downtown Chicago Mm -hmm. um, at the Aqua building. It's like an iconic hotel and they have this really cool program uh, where they bring in like a singer songwriter every year, year and a half. And you get to live there for free and you perform around the high rise and they have different buildings downtown. And so like you perform side. Yeah, it was, it's, it was so cool. So a family friend submitted the video that I just randomly posted. Um, and they liked it and they were like, what, you know, at this point we were pretty deep in COVID and, but everybody thought that it was only going to be like three months. This is when everyone was like, Oh, it's going to be over. (laughs) And so they were like, well, let's just move an artist in. And in three months when this is over and everybody's ready to like party and have fun, we'll we'll have the the musician in residence. And like, I, so when my, my uh, mom's friend called me and told me that they wanted to offer me the gig, I was like blown away. And I was like, I'm not, I can't, I don't have three hours worth of material, you know, because the shows were like three hours. I'm like, I, I don't know how, how I'm going to do this. And it was in a month. They were like are you cool to like move in next month? And like, and I was like, I was so scared, (laughs) but it changed my life because I, I had to get back into the routine of making music every single week. I had three shows, you know, cause that's basically what the contract is. It's about three shows a week, you know? And because of that, because I didn't have to work and I, I had all this like downtime and it was pretty like, I was on the 44th floor, like overlooking Lake Michigan. Like it was so surreal. And I, I like just, I got to work and I started writing and like, cause I, whenever there's a guitar in my hands, like it's just, I will just write, like I will just, it just happens. But it was such a soft spot. It was like a, 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 it was a wound, you know, I didn't touch the guitar because I was like, I can't write anymore. I'm not good anymore. I'm so rusty, you know, like, so I wasn't playing for so many years, but 2020 
doing that music residency, I had to practice. I had to learn. I had to learn so many covers. I had, you know, which was awesome because it, it started getting my wheels turning of different like chord progressions and different like styles of, you know, and I was like trying to figure out like what people like, you know, cause it, it's a hotel. Right. So there's a lot of like travelers coming in and out. So I was like, okay, I gotta, I want to keep it like wide enough where people will know the songs and like be able to like, you know, sing along. So I was doing like old, you know, rock covers. I was doing pop songs. I was doing original stuff too, that I was writing because I was playing like every mm -hmm. week. So it was kind of nuts. Like 2020 is really what prompted me making this album and like that whole experience of like forcing me to sit down and play every single week. And just all these songs started coming out, like, you know, and I was just, it was the isolation too. Like I had nothing else to do. And I was just, I started writing like crazy. And then not that long after Bill, my engineer, like reached out, he had seen me posting like videos and stuff online. And he's like, I really like, I had posted just like a, you know, me playing, um, everything's fine. The first song that I released. And he's like, I really like that song. Um, I'd love to have you in the studio. Let's do a song free. Like, you know, let's just see if we work well together. And then we did work really well together. And from that point on, it was just like, it kind of started slowly turning into an album. And so now, you know, it's, it's been a while we've been recording a while, but now we've had the third song out and it's like, it's, I'm still like wrapping my head around the fact that I'm making an album right now. Yeah. You know, it's like still hasn't, like, it's still like kind of unreal to me. And I'm still trying to figure out like, how do I do this? Like, what am I doing? You know, but it's really fun. Yeah, though. absolutely. Well, one, that is, that is a hell of a story. Like, I, I think I remember, you know, I mean, COVID's a, COVID's a big blur, right? Like the whole, I would say year, year and a half, two years or whatever, between just being at home a lot, maybe on my end, maybe drinking a little too much when I would look at social, you know, or whatever else. But I do remember you posted like some picture of you, like, of like your view, like out of the, and I figured, you know, cause you, you know, I figured it was like, you, you got some cool weekend gig or something, but it was like a full residency at a hotel. A like, year, yeah. Year and a half. Wait, okay. So I, so it was a whole year and a half that you were there. Okay. So that's what you were yes. saying. So you were saying that they thought you were going to be there and it'd be like a three month thing or whatever. And then it turned into the whole. Well, they thought COVID was going to be over oh, in three months. I see what you're saying. Program usually lasts about a year, year and a half. That's so cool. But they, they, you know, they were like, well, because they were thinking about scrapping it, I guess, because they were like, well, this COVID thing, like, what's going on? But they were like, well, our residents really like the program, and we, and when this is over, when at the time we thought in three months, <laughs> we'll have the musician ready to go, and like that didn't happen. But what ended up happening, it was really strange but also like i feel like it was kind of good because my nerves were so like because i hadn't performed in so long like i was so nervous all the time but everything was distance so like the first summer i think it was like you know everything was like the, the six feet you know everything far apart so i was performing like pretty far away yeah. like, out, and it was all outdoor shows like everything had to be spaced out which was kind of nice because like my social anxiety like having people like right in front like just getting back into it. But everybody was kind of like at a distance and everyone was really nervous about COVID. So it was like, people weren't as, you know, so I was just kind of in the corner, like playing my little shows. Yeah. And then um, the winter hit still didn't, you know, this was like, I guess, March or April when I moved okay. in there. Um, <clears throat> so I did like all these like spaced out outdoor shows. Um, and then winter hit and, you know, we couldn't do indoor shows. It was like, that was like the, the worst of it. So I was doing like Zoom performances, like people could log on and so like, weird, right? you know, watch <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was so weird. But like, I mean, it was it was cool though because that was like my job. Yeah. Like that became my job is like I just writing songs or coming up with like covers and then engaging with the residents and like. So that was like all I focused on for that whole year, which was like crazy i mean what a gift yeah. you know just to like be able to immerse yourself in your art and your the world is already isolated anyway so there's no distractions there was nothing i could do like yeah i was living downtown and like 
you know, the heart of like downtown Chicago, but there was nothing I could do except sit in this like gorgeous high rise and play guitar. Right, right. Which <laughs> I guess there's worse places to find inspiration, right? Like, like that would be t- talk about, you know, the, the kind of second, the second, the second turnaround for your, for your music passion is just like, you know, being able to be in like this beautiful area and what else are you going to do but play guitar and sing, right? Like what, what else are you going to do? Yeah. So that's like the biggest silver lining to a global pandemic ever, I guess. Right. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, and like the whole time it was like the imposter syndrome was so hard. Like think like it was just like, first of all, it's already kind of hard to, to, to consistently do art to like go into that space, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, everything got cleared out of my way. I also decided to not drink that year. So I was just like completely like sober with my feelings in this like gorgeous environment. And like, you realize like every excuse that you have of like not doing your work or your art is like, it's all bullshit. Like I had, you know, for, for the longest time I was like, oh, I'm working, I'm in school. I'm, you know, it's like, like there were so many excuses and like, I felt like life literally cleared it all out of my way and was like, now what? Like here, you have this amazing opportunity. You have an entire year to just focus on music. And I was like, oh my God, my nerves. It was like, that was the hardest part I think about the whole thing. And just like almost being like, am I supposed to be here? Like, am I supposed right. to be in this? this beautiful high rise like what am I doing here it was so weird but I'm so grateful that that happened I'm so grateful for that program because there's not a lot of programs like that that support artists in that way no way way. yeah you wish right it'd be great to see that more often where people were given some you know given some some time and some money to perform and you know if you've got the talent you've got the chops for it and all that kind of stuff I wish like every high rise in downtown would do that have like a rest of that would be so cool I think I think like some of those places you know some some high rise you know area in, in in a main you know downtown metropolitan area like don't don't quite get like how special people still find it to hear a good live performer like that and like a very you know we're not talking some loud jamming hard rock band or something you know just just somebody being able to play a guitar or piano or have a small band or something and play and play songs like people eat that up more than you think it's like when you still oh it's like God. when you still see a wedding band in the era of djs and spot and spotify playlists where like people walk away yeah. loving it like 20 times more especially you know? after like the whole covid thing like i had several people like crying like after we did the whole winter you know and like there was live music died and there was no live music like the first like few shows i started playing outside like People were just like, they didn't even care what I was playing. They were just like, oh my God, like to hear live music. Like, this is amazing. Like, I haven't heard live music like for a year, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was like, it was, it was kind of special that like little time where people were. And I, I really think that I've noticed that there's just so much more work for musicians. Like there's just so many more paid gigs and, and, um, just opportunities to play. And like, I've noticed sports bars are always having like you know, acoustic artists. And I wonder if it was like, because of COVID, because like we went a year or maybe more without live music. And now it seems like there's such a, there's such a, um, industry for it and it's everywhere. Like I have, I've get more gigs now, like even just doing acoustic nights at a random bar or whatever, way more so than I ever, ever used to see. Well, and yeah, I get. I think, I think you're right on that. I think, you know, I, I ta- I've talked to some local people, you know, people that do local shows in their areas or people that do touring. And even on the touring end, like people will talk about that it's a problem, but it's a different type of problem that there's so many shows in a city on a given basis that you're trying to make sure that the potential fan base you have will come to yours and not the one across the street. Right. Because it's just like everyone, even now, you know, it's been a bit since things have been obviously opened up for a while. We're, we're talking, you know, over a year or whatever, but like, but like, even then people are still like, you're absolutely right. Like to, to hear the, the things you're talking about with the first shows coming back after that winter, like people, people really are, I think we're really shown in their isolation time, what they really love. And it's like, 
you know, anyone that's a music fan, it was connection with live music, right? And like, you might have totally taken that for granted, not gone to local shows prior to COVID, maybe only gone to some headliner gig or something like that. But man, afterwards, I think people are just loving like the the authenticity and like the human connection. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm seeing like, I feel like there's something growing like this, this music scene in Chicago and the Chicago suburbs, like I I'm starting to really feel this like support and like people coming out and supporting other band shows. And like, I don't know, it seems like there's something like that's like about to bloom here. Yeah. Or, I mean, not to, about to, it's already blooming, but it's, it's really cool to see. Which is, which is cool to hear because depending upon the, the, the quote unquote scene of music, you know, the type of music in a given uh, scene in Chicago or another big city or something like that, it, it felt like, I was somebody that played probably more shows before, you know, prior to COVID than I do now just with work and, and everything else. But uh, it felt like in some areas that I played shows in for years that it was kind of dissipating a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you would play some of the same shows or with some of the same bands you used to or find some new bands and like the numbers were dwindling or it was harder to find shows or you'd play a pretty good venue on a good night and it seemed like it was a little lackluster on the crowd attendance and that is not what i'm hearing now you know like which is which is so cool um and to to bring it you know to loop it in um and here's my great segue you know so you bring up like shows and live music and stuff i know you and your band which i i know a few of the members from pretty well um you guys are playing a couple of upcoming shows in chicago um who are, i know yeah. the first one is in about a week and a couple of days um on the 20, 20 yeah, next week next Saturday. 21st right yeah is that the one at, at reggie's right and yep. who, who are the people that you're playing yeah, with calendar right here because i my brain is, yeah no you're good I take your know. time but but uh so i Reggie's on the 21st uh -huh. and that's with um the Vultures who I've become really good friends with they're an awesome local band and then um another singer-songwriter Arias who I have not met yet but I'm so excited to meet her I've seen videos of her she's just like an awesome performer she's an awesome writer um and then February uh is Cubby Bear February 9th also with the Vultures oh cool and you know what? Like, there's a whole bunch of shows coming up, like basically this whole year. But those are the two, the two big ones that are coming awesome. Up. Well, Reggie's and Cubby Bear are two really good places for people to to go to, um, and also great venues to play. Like, I I, I only played each one of those once, but I, I know like the the Cubby Bear is a fun one. Like, if you can do that, uh, yeah. if you can do that on a on a weekend or even hell half the time on a weekday, it's it's a it's a good time. Right, right well, by Wrigleyville and and you know all crazy. that stuff. It's crazy. I didn't even realize this, but so I'm playing Cubby Bear St. Patrick's Day weekend oh, shit. <laughs> in, with a band called the All Right Maybes. They're awesome, um, but I didn't even realize that that was St. Patrick's Day weekend until. One of my bandmates like brought it up and I was like, oh, my God. And they're like, yeah, that show's going to be crazy. Yeah. And I was like, that is. we need to like really prepare ourselves. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun one, man. Like because Cubby Bear can get wild, but it can get wild in a in a good way. <laughs> you know, it can be it's in a fun way. Day weekend. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Chicagoans take that very seriously. Oh yeah, and you you know how Chicagoans get on like a night on a de halfway <laughs> decent weekend in areas like Wrigleyville or yeah. downtown. You know, you just just oh yeah. man, that's great though. I'm kind of scared, but excited. But a scared. Oh, it'll be a good time, and and you're all great musicians and you're great live, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. It'll be a good time. Um, well, thanks a lot, Kelsey, for for coming on and uh, and talking about some of these things. I hope anyone that's listening, if you haven't, um, check out the last three singles, especially the newest one, I Sold My Soul. Very good song. Has a good message with kind of a lot of the things we've talked about on here. So it's a good thing to to check out. Um, where can people look for you, look for your music and kind of look for where do you do announcements for live shows or new songs and uh, things of that nature? Yeah, they can find the music on all the streaming sites, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon, all that. Um, mostly I post most of my updates on Instagram. I want to try to get a website going soon, but I need to find, if you know any, or anyone watching knows any, um, people that can help me with a website, that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, so for now I pretty much just post on Instagram and my handle is Kelsey Montanez underscore. Okay. 
Perfect. Well, make sure to check out Kelsey on there. And at the end of this, uh, at the end of this podcast, we'll also play. I sold my soul at the end. If you haven't listened to it already. Um, and, uh, Kelsey, thanks a lot for coming on. This is really great to catch up with you and kind of hear how, how music's been going the last couple of years. It's great to, great to hear. Thank you so much. Thanks for having yeah, me. Thanks a lot. Yeah.